Okay, everybody, welcome back to the second part of a previous Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. We're going over the AFC draft preview uh, like we did the NFC last or two Mondays ago with uh, Skip on the um, NCAA tournament episode. We're back for part two, Blaine and Johnny with me. So it's the Figure It Out pod football show. Super fired up to get get here with the boys on a Monday. Uh, recording a couple days early, actually, just kind of worked out that way. But um, happy to have them on. Let's hear from them here first before we get started. Johnny, we'll start with you. Battling an injury. I don't know if you wanted to keep be uh, disclosed to the media, so I'll let you introduce that. But how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Chance. Another Figure It Out podcast. So it's a good night for, for me and for us. Uh, looking forward to talking about the AFC side of uh, the NFL for this upcoming season. Obviously, the NFC um, is fun to talk about, but the AFC is going to be like, you know, most pressing to Chiefs fans. And so we have a ton of information that we'll break down for everybody. But, you know, like Michael Jordan's flu game, Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain throughout the last playoffs. Um, I'm battling a similar type of injury, probably actually. You know, I mean, some could say it's a lot worse um, since we'll be talking so much. I have a canker sore underneath my tongue, but for the crew, for our listeners, I'm going to sack up and push through this podcast. Um, and, you know, bear with me if there's any times I have to to pause. It's probably because my canker sore has been acting up. But, guys, I'm going to battle. Well, Johnny, we really appreciate you battling because Blaine and I were actually talking right before we got on here that we need your AFC notes. You, that's why we will pass it over to you to guide us through the AFC um, to keep us on track. You are – just a genius at it so happy to have you on hope the sore feels better maybe some ointment will be good blaine how are you buddy <laughs> i'm doing good i'm doing really good nfl draft in kansas city here coming up what uh next week no oh. two two it's the end of april okay well i'm getting ahead of myself bachelor party this weekend yes, for me i was thinking it was coming the week after, but we got a long week great week coming um, so I'm going to have this pod to listen to on the drive. And I know some of you guys should have this pod to listen to as we'll do this. And I bet we'll do a draft and I bet we got more coming. This is kind of getting the off season train going. It's getting our juices flowing as football is never ending. And I'm, I'm glad to be here on a Monday. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Blaine, where's the bachelor party at though? Before we get going. Keystone, Colorado closing weekend. Can do a little skiing. Oh, so you have plenty of time to get the uh figured out pod in as do the That's rest right. of the listeners so right. awesome well i think without further ado johnny i'm gonna pass the pod over to you correspondent johnny Rowe. he'll be leading the afc uh the afc uh draft preview tonight johnny floor is yours okay like i was saying some 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 definite uh, more impactful news uh, when it comes to the AFC for the Chiefs, just because that's the conference that they are in. And really, I think the way to look at this, um, you just got to get through the AFC, which sounds easier said than done. But if you can get through the AFC, the Chiefs are going to have like pretty favorable matchups in the Super Bowl. You know, like Mahomes has 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 won two Super Bowls, one against Jalen Hurts, one against Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he's not going to have to face Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Lawrence in that one big game. So I know that's kind of a weird way of saying, like, just get through those really good guys and you're going to win the Super Bowl. But honestly, that's kind of the way that I look at it. Like, I don't see Mahomes losing any of, 
any of those other guys in the NFC, even though I think Hertz and, and, and maybe one or two of the other ones are still pretty good. So let's start in the, let's start in the AFC South. Um, and we'll start with the Jags Chandler. This will be one that you'll talk about. So the Jags, you know, coming off of a playoff uh, defeat against the Kansas city chiefs in Arrowhead, uh, you know, probably an, probably an, a season that, that stung, for the Jaguars, but also a season that ended with a lot of promise. It looked like Trevor Lawrence took some really big steps compared to last uh, two seasons ago. That Urban Meyer year, you can kind of cast aside as like a wash because uh, that was an unmitigated disaster. So Doug Peterson's got the boys juiced up and ready to go. And I think they have one key addition for this Jaguars team. That's in that wide receiver room. It's a move that I think some people forgot about, but I uh, think that Calvin Ridley coming into that room uh, with Christian Kirk, who they spent a ton of money on, they're bringing back Evan Ingram. I think that's just going to be another piece for Trevor Lawrence to have some fun with, and Dougie P is going to draw it up for them. Uh, They'll be picking 24th in this draft coming up here at the end of the month. Chandler, what do you think uh, we should expect so far, I guess, going forward for, for the Jags? I love Jacksonville. I really do. And quite frankly, they're really scary, especially being in the AFC South. They're not scary from the standpoint of can – and I'm going to try to do a, a, a good job of keeping the Chiefs out of this. But, like, for the Jaguars, I don't want to see them in the playoffs. I don't think any team does. And they're going to be good enough year in and year out to win the AFC South for what like I can see another four or five years. Um, I think they're on a great trajectory. I love their weapons. Johnny, great point on Calvin Ridley. I had honestly forgot about that up until um, I actually think you had brought it back up maybe in the group chat or something. Um, but this team won a playoff game last year. Trevor Lawrence has now done more in his NFL career than Justin Herbert has, unless I'm mistaken. Um, I would say that those two are neck and neck. And quite frankly, Trevor seems to have a lot of confidence and he has an offensive minded head coach. Uh, this Jaguars team is in a much better place. And frankly, I like them more than the Chargers, and I hate the Chargers. So um, that that shows you a lot, Johnny. But uh, this Jacksonville team, I think they should go defense in the draft. I don't really see how or why they would need to address an offensive player at 24 unless you wanted to go O-line. But as for weapons, like you mentioned, first off, Evan Ingram, when, when healthy, stayed healthy for the first time in his entire career. Um, what an impact he had on a young quarterback's career. It's so crucial to have a good tight end. I love the Jaguars, Johnny. Yeah, they definitely have. I mean, I mean, they have promise, like I was trying to say. I mean, it always sucks when your season ends in anything but a win. I mean, it sucks that they lost to the Chiefs in the, in, for, for them. Um, it, but it also is cool that they picked first you know, in the draft a couple of years ago, had a horrible year with Urban Meyer. There's rumors about the Jaguars being the team that's, that the NFL might move over to London and be the London Jags. And and then they have a season like last year where they get a playoff win and they, and they win the division. And so I think that's just a lot to build off of for this team. The draft is going to be crucial for them. I, too, think that defense is the way to go. And I think they should also look at offensive line in the, in the maybe day two part of the draft, because keep in mind, they did lose Jawan Taylor uh, to the Kansas city chiefs from their offensive line. So I think the, the Jaguars do have a lot of promise. 
They asked, hopefully Walker can take a step for them and get after the quarterback a little bit more successfully. And you know Devin Lloyd's going to be anchoring that defense. Blaine, any comments on him before we move on to the Titans? No, I like him. But I, I like Devin Ingram plug there too, Chandler. He was one of the best tight ends and pass catchers in football in the second half of the year. That made them different. And, and I hope Devin Lloyd can be a little bit better, as I know I had a lot on him last year. But this is a well-rounded football team. You guys said it. I mean, it, they're scary. Look out. They're going to win the South, and that's just about all there is to it. I just remembered that playoff game, too. I, I, I The Chargers just completely chargered uh, that football game. I mean, gorgeous. four picks. Horrible. Gorgeous. It was gorgeous, dude. Insane. And also, we'll the, uh, go ahead, Jen. Go ahead, Jen. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how many of us picked the Jaguars to make the playoffs. Because if there is in in a and you know farther down the road as we get closer to the uh, regular season, because we were all on the Colts last year, and we all kind of sound Johnny a little less than me and Blaine, but we all kind of sound a little uh, too maybe amped up on the Jaguars. If there's a franchise that can fuck around and fuck it up, it's Jacksonville. So. Maybe we pump the brakes a smidge. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but their sl- or their uh, slogan "Duval" is actually so cool. I love. I it. think that's actually sick. Okay, I love it. okay. <clears throat> a lot of teams to get to for this AFC edition. Let's move on. Blaine's going to tell us about the Titans here. And guys, that was if there's one thing that I think I got I nailed. Yeah. Outside of the Chiefs takes, um, it was that the Titans were going to be the biggest regressor in the AFC and missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And um, I wavered on it a little bit when they kind of, they kind of got hot. They started really slowly wavered a little, got some wins and I looked like an idiot for a while. And then of course they missed the playoffs with like Josh Dobbs as their quarterback. And I looked like a genius. So I actually think that there is a legit chance that they are worse this upcoming season, just because of the uncertainty at the quarterback position. Like, I don't know if it's Tannehill. It certainly is not Malik Willis. I thought that they could have been a dark horse for Aaron Rodgers, but it looks like even though he's still on the Packers, it looks like all signs are pointing towards the New York Jets. So it's either Tannehill, who they hate, and he stinks, or it's one of these, you know, rookies in, in this draft and I wouldn't really be confident in any of those rookies being able to lead this Titans team to the playoffs. Blaine, I'm not seeing that many key additions to this team. I, they did bring in Sean Murphy Bunting, a defensive back from Tampa. Uh, what, what have you seen from – they still really have no talent at wide receiver either. Yeah, no, it's Traylon Burks, and he struggled to stay healthy last year as a rookie. And then you release Robert Woods, and Robert Woods is no longer there. That was a one-year try that – miserable um didn't work and so they got to go get a guy at the wide receiver room and like i like what you're saying about quarterback it's very possible that they know Tannehill isn't the guy and you've seen enough out of willis that he might not be the guy and then taylor lawan he's probably gone forever i don't think he'll play football again there's just so many guys that you have been a piece of this offense for years that are just starting to fizzle out not not that they were any good but you know derrick henry's only got a few years left with his tank of a beating that he gets every year. So they're just, I mean, I think truly they're trying to, trying to, trying to get young talent on this football team. And they're doing that in a way to where offense first, defense second, as they're keeping some of the key guys on defense that are still good. Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, you know, Hooker, all those guys. You got some Autry, you got some dudes, but they're just ain't going to be enough firepower for them to keep up offensively. 
I do believe that they re-signed Jeffrey Simmons, some sort of big deal, I believe, an extension, which is big because he is he's a beast. Yeah, he gives he's a beast. He gives the Chiefs issues, and that's what I was going to get to. Johnny was saying that he was kind of uh, weary of his Titans take middle of the season, I think it was. And that was right around the time when the Titans played us so damn tough. And why do they always play us so damn tough? We're in the offseason. Let's talk about some some uh, conspiracies. Why? What is it about the Titans? The, they, they murder the Chiefs sometimes, really. Physically, the Chiefs might win, but freaking geez. It's always a tough it's, it's like the perfect matchup that the Titans are looking for. Sometimes the Chiefs, when they're playing incredibly physical teams, like teams that hang their hat on their physical presence and, and like being the bully, sometimes the Chiefs can get kind of candy ass against those teams. And like if some of the, you know, if, if, if maybe they get a couple penalties early on or there's a turnover and the game slows down, that that's where some of those teams can kind of get after the chief's ass and Vrabel and that nasty front seven, like completely embrace that. Like they want to beat you. It's like, it's like a, a it's like a better version of Herm Edwards football. They want to beat you 13 to 10. They want to beat you 17 to 10. Yeah. So that that's, that's kind of what it is. But then the chiefs broke them. The Titans are fucking dead. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. The Titans were the number one seed recent, uh, year, year before last. Two years ago, they were in the AFC championship game. And now they're dead as fuck. Eat shit. Yeah, I completely agree. Also, <laughs> one thing to monitor as we get through the draft process and into the uh, preseason New regime, new GM working with Vrabel could cause you never know. That's something to keep an eye on as well. Titans are kind of in they're in Buffalo right now. Now I I don't want to just de- beat this dead that Tennessee is still guys. I I still think they're going to be okay. I don't think they're going to be bad, horrible. I they got their front. They still got Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, Danico Autry. As I'm saying, Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons. A lot of those guys who were hurt for a majority of the season last year. What do they want to do? They want to be physical up front, and they got some great guys that can be physical up front and on the back end at safety. They're still going to be okay. Now, let's see what they do in the draft to see if they can score points. Yeah, that, that was a great way to finish it. Yeah, I got a little bit ahead of myself, and honestly, I, I got mad quick there, so I'm going to take a breath. Um, but I just remembered, because you were talking about that Chiefs game, and Chandler, earlier you were like, I'm try- we were talking about the Jags, you're like, I'm not going to – I'm going to try not to relate all of this to the Chiefs. That's fine. I will. I yeah. because that's because that's that's all that matters is the that's Chiefs. Fair. But I had forgotten really about that. My feelings about that Chiefs matchup. And I remember after that game coming on the pod, I was like, I fucking hate the Titans. Like Chandler, you hate the Bills. I hate the Titans. So um, I don't know fair. if I really feel that way anymore. But that was I was kind of a prisoner of the moment. But 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 Blaine's point at the end there was perfect like that defense is still nasty Vrabel is still a good coach but they have got to score they have got to score the football and offense is just a mess for the Titans right now because I can't remember the guy's name but if you remember like their offense sucked last year and their offensive coordinator got like a DUI or something like that after after a road trip so it's like they just their offensive like offensively challenged right now and it's going to have to get better they will be picking 11 in the draft here in a couple of weeks 
Let's move on. AFC South, uh, number the third place in the AFC South this last year. And Chandler, this is going to give you a little PTSD because you spent some time in Indianapolis for a really bad Chiefs game last year. The Colts will, will be picking fourth in the upcoming draft. Uh, it's a disaster in Indianapolis right now on all fronts. I mean, of course, uh, I can't remember his actual name, but like Darius Shaquille, Kawhi Leonard is on the defense, but nobody really knows. How it, I mean, he was really unhealthy last year. And he's one of those dynamic defensive pieces that just him being healthy on the field can change the, the, the way that he, the entire defense plays. So it'll be key for them to get him healthy. But what's going to be interesting to watch for this Colts team, who's going to be their quarterback? Will they be someone who's moving in the draft? And <laughs> I don't know anything about Shane Steichen. Like, I know, I know nothing other than he's, you know, an offense was the offensive coordinator, right? For the, for the Eagles. Yes. I mean, the Eagles had a really good offense, but you know, the offense really in, in Philadelphia was predicated on the ability of, of Jalen hurts. You're not getting a Jalen hurts in this draft. No. So, so what are the Colts going to do here in your opinion, Chandler? And do you know anything else that I, I just think that for the Colts, seriously, on paper, they might be one of the best teams in the NFL roster-wise without a quarterback. I mean, they have dudes everywhere, in my opinion. I think they have a good secondary. When healthy, Darius, Shaquille, Kawhi Leonard is a really good linebacker. Um, One of the best in the league. I love Kenny Moore. Um, I think that they have really good pieces. I think their wide receivers need to be better. Um, for whatever quarterback they bring in. But at the end of the day, they have to go quarterback, dude. Like, they have to. Like, you well, you got a brand-new coach, new system. S- just bring in – the you bring in your guy. Bring in the guy that you're going to build your NFL career around, and you've got to nail it. Um, and so the Colts are going to have to nail this draft. And, unfortunately, I don't know about Ursay. I don't – I don't know if I trust Chris Ballard right now. I mean, he seems to have kind of missed offensively in the draft, in my opinion. Um, can't get the quarterback right, gone stop for stop with all these old older guys, and it just hasn't worked. So he has a big draft coming up ahead of him. Um, but the Colts, I seriously believe, with their running game, with their offensive line, if they get the quarterback right, they can be successful. I, I don't see why they can't. You guys got me. My headphones cut out just for a second. Got yep, it. you're there. Yeah. Um, caught most of that, Chandler. But, yeah, it, Indianapolis is just – man, this is just an interesting team to watch. And if and I'm going to say a point. Did you say anything about Andrew Luck and what he's done, what he did to this team? No. Okay, so I wanted to make this point before we moved on. Like, the Colts are a team that was pretty much dealt, like, the most ridiculously bad draw of all time. Like they had Andrew Luck in the prime of his career quarterback that they that they finally got an offensive line in front of him that could protect him because for the majority of his career, he was getting like destroyed back there. Right. And they built their entire organization around protecting a guy that they identified as their franchise quarterback. And then the guy just like spontaneously retires on them and they have just been like trying to tread water ever since then and they finally drowned last season like it was it was bad it, it was really it, it's and it's been a disaster at the quarterback position for them and I think what's actually really bad about the Colts 
And look, I, I, obviously this guy's a smart guy because he's got billions of dollars, but Jim Ursay is one of these old school NFL owners, a lot like Jerry Jones that I think are just going to get, that are just like a hindrance on the success of their team right now. Jim needs to get his fucking hands off of the decision-making on in terms of player personnel uh, and leave that to Shane Steichen and whoever the hell else and, and Chris Ballard and, and those guys who actually know what they're talking about. I mean, Jim Ursay is a decade younger than Pete Carroll and he looks 40 years older than Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll's in his seventies. So like th- th- this guy just needs to, to buzz off and give these new guys, this new coach a chance and give Chris Ballard the, the full reins of what's going to go on with the roster because Jim's had his hands on the last few years and it's been, and it's been a disaster. Okay. Like I said, they'll be picking fourth uh, in the upcoming draft. Are we good? Can we move on there? There we go. Okay. Uh, Blaine Houston Texans. They've got two picks in the first round of this coming draft second and 12th 12th came over to them uh, in, the, in the Deshaun Watson trade new head coach for them as well. It's D'Amico Ryan's going to bring that San Francisco nasty defense, hopefully with him over to Houston, whose defense has been an absolute sieve. But there are some pieces on that defense um, that, that that he can work with, most notably, in my opinion, as uh, Derek Stingley Jr. And hopefully they can get him a, a healthy season under his belt uh, in Houston. Uh, your, your thoughts on on the Texans and what they could do with their couple of picks here, Blaine? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just who they're going to pick. I I want to lean C.J. Stroud, but I see Bryce Young is like at, at one and two. Bryce Young's now the betting favorite in Vegas. Vegas doesn't know. They went back and forth. What do you guys think? It's got to be Stroud, dude. Young is just a, he's just too small. Right, he looks small out there. And you look around at Kyler, and I mean, that's the issue. There's kind of like a, a prototype, I feel like. I know that they're not the same type of quarterback, but a smaller little guy doesn't hold up very well in the NFL. I think it's got to be Stroud, but you're right. Vegas doesn't know either. And what is, if Vegas doesn't know, I don't know. <laughs> do you Do you guys think that that there's any chance that Houston doesn't take a quarterback and like maybe tries to play the long game for next year? I mean, there are two quarterbacks next year that people think are can't miss um, quarterbacks. So, I mean, you guys think there's any Caleb Williams or this Drake? Is it Mays? Mays kid? Drake May. Drake May. Yeah. I mean, they think that he's like a. The scouts think that those two guys are more like Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, to say his name again, guys. What do you think, Brian? No, I mean, the best player in this draft is Will Anderson Jr., and they are at need of an edge rusher. It wouldn't blow my mind if they went Will won. And then see to, you know, just kind of wait and see if there's a quarterback at 12 or if they decide to wait because they got Case Keenum as a backup and Davis Mills to still just manage the football game. I don't know. But, it, you know, I, I like the fact that they don't have to leave anything out on the table. They get their one. It's going to be quarterback and they're going to go D end probably 12 2. But the Houston Texans are just, they feel like it's a year of rebuilding. I remember when the Lions finally got their guy at head coach. Now I feel like the Texans got their guy at head coach, a former player. You know, D'Amico just feels like this is their final route. They're going to give him more than a one-year chance than they have in the past franchise history. Like, you don't have a whole lot. Your wide receivers suck. You get you got a guy to protect your quarterback. You got some guys defensively. You played pretty well and pretty tight last year, but it's the fucking Houston Texans. I mean, it's going to take another year. Let's see what they do in the draft. And 
we'll talk about them later. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah, I was looking at some of the <laughs> some of the additions that they made, and uh, we haven't really said we haven't said the word this pod, so I'll say it. They added some player. They added a lot of players, Houston, and yeah. there are some some mid mid. I mean, mid. one year mid, one year mid. Mike Boone, Devin Singletary, Noah Brown, Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz could be a good one, but it's a one-year deal. They brought back Laramie Tunsil, Chase Winovich, Jimmy Denzel Ward, Perryman. not it's, mid, uh, but yeah. kind of mid. But you know, it's 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 everywhere. One year, one year, one year, one year, one year, one year. No signings more than two years. Just, I mean, they're just trying to flip. They're trying to stay young. Jimmy yeah. well, no, they Blaine said that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they, they, but but like, I think that's why I think they could say no to quarterback here, or they might be the team that takes Anthony Richardson. Like they might just take a guy. They might just throw oh. Keenum and Mills out there, and they might take a developmental guy. Mm-hmm. And if they're still bad, they'll take another one, dude. That, that's the thing. I think a lot of these teams just keep taking swings at quarterback. Anyways, but that was a long time that we spent on the AFC South, and we need to move on to the next division. Let's do that with Chandler talking about the Cincinnati Bengals who stink, and they suck, and they stink, okay? They are picking 28th in this upcoming draft. Um, They added Chandler's two-week favorite player, Orlando Jeff Brown, uh, (laughs) which is one of the weirdest moves ever. I guess they're going to – Make Orlando their left tackle, and Jonah's going to go over to the right side, I think, and then they'll figure out what they're going to do on the interior. Did they get rid of Lyle Collins? I, I don't know. Anyways, the Bengals are a team that's obviously still going to be very good. Uh, they're going to be in play again in the playoffs uh, against the Chiefs. But that whole resume that they built, that whole reputation that they built up, the 3-0 and against the Chiefs. They're the Chiefs' kryptonite. Mahomes has never beaten the, uh, the Bengals. All, all that bullshit is crumbled up and thrown into the trash after the AFC Championship game. They're, 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 they're going to be good, but they're going to have to find a new identity. They're going to have to find something new to hang their hat on. And let me tell you, it's going to be really hard for them to do that because um, – they, they don't have that over Patrick Mahomes' head anymore. So, Chandler, your thoughts on the Bengals and what we should expect? Well, they suck. Um, and thank God that they got their left tackle. Yes, I, I I hated to see Orlando go, but I think I was still on the honeymoon phase of the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, sure, go get your money. That's fine. We were going to pay you, but you kind of Tyreek Hill, Tyree killed us. You wouldn't take the team-friendly deal. And um, you left. So good for you. Hope everything turns out well for you, Orlando. Now, the Bengals, I thought they, I thought I saw that Jonah Williams requested a trade due to the signing of Orlando Brown. I don't know if that's still up in the air or not. I, had, I know he hasn't been traded. Um, and maybe he redacted that statement. But um, I do believe at one point or another he was, he requested a trade. They are still going to be good. I mean, obviously they have Jamar, um, who's a stud. Probably, I mean, I think I I don't think it's crazy to say that he's better than Justin Jefferson. I don't know that he is, but it isn't crazy to say that. Um, Burrow's good. They're going to be solid again. Um, I I don't necessarily think that they have to change their identity, Johnny. I really don't. Um, and it pains me to say that because I hate their personality so much. 
Um, but it fits them. Um, they're going to bring the kind of that nasty swagger with them wherever they go. And I think that comes from a guy like Joe Burrow who does it in a different way, but portrays it um, to the rest of his team and, and, and they follow suit. So they're going to be good. I hate them so much. Um, if it wasn't for Buffalo, they'd be my least favorite team. But it is funny going back to the Chiefs that our most hated teams aren't even in our division anymore because our division is such a joke. It's not even funny. Um, I hate the Bengals and the Bills right now more than any team in our division. And that's only because they our division sucks. I mean, I'm not afraid of any of those teams, and especially the Chargers. You think right now on April 10th I'm afraid of the Chargers? Get out of here with that. Bengals are going to be good. And they, the Bengals did have some players that they lost, though, offensively. They, they I mean, they get a lot from Samaj P. Ryan, I thought, and the uncertainty around Mixon, I think, could be something yeah. to monitor there. I mean, no Jesse you know, Bates or Von Bell. Von Bell. Yeah. Yeah. They, that, and Von Bell's kind of like one of those tone setters on that defense. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how he's always been. So, um, and yeah, I thought that was a really good gift for Carolina, by the way, to get Von Bell. So I, that's why I think they're going to look a little bit different offensively. They, uh, they got to decide on what they're going to do with T Higgins and, and, you know, the money's going to come due with Burrow and Jamar chase here next year. So, I mean, this is, this is a big year for, for Cincinnati. It just sucks that they suck and that they stink. Uh, Blaine, let's go over to you for the Baltimore Ravens. Blaine, you spent a lot of time in Baltimore. I think this is a team that, I mean, this is kind of a Blaine Wheeler team, Chandler, the the Ravens. I mean, Blaine's got a Baltimore feel. I mean, he's a Kansas city kid through and through, but he's got a little bit of a Baltimore feel. They'll be picking 22nd in this upcoming draft and uncharacter. Oh, let's try that again. And uncharacteristically. <laughs> yeah, caker sore. Yeah, you're right. Fair. Of Baltimore. Uh, they've been, and Cowherd made this point. I thought it was really good. They've been like a very loud organization as of late. And that's not, that's not Baltimore. They got to figure this stuff out with Lamar. I think that by adding Odell Beckham Jr. and Blaine, please talk about that ridiculous contract i think by adding odell that's gotta be a sign that lamar is going to be their quarterback next year there was a picture of lamar and odell facetiming i mean blaine what's going on in baltimore they want to operate like the kansas city chiefs guys they they, want to operate operate like the pittsburgh steelers it's the baltimore they don't want this shit they don't and they i fully believe they don't want to sign odell beckham to one year 15 million dollars they did not want to do that but they have a loud quarterback, not necessarily a loud franchise that is asking a lot that you put your franchise into and you have no other choice either to give him the weapons or move on. And they're giving him the weapons. They're going to give him the money and they're going to see how it shakes out after that. They're making tough decisions elsewhere. You know, like I know Clayus Campbell's been there forever. We had to say, see ya, go get 7 million somewhere else. You know, you get Justin Houston, see ya. Marcus Peter, probably see ya. Go get something somewhere else. We're going to instead invest in a guy like, oh, we'll give Justice Hill two years, 4 million as a running back that could potentially develop into something. Or, you know, some of these core Nelson Aguilar, we'll give him 3 million. We'll see what he does. Like, it's just not what you want out of a powerful organization like the Ravens, but they're going to keep trying to play defense and they're going to just try to develop some of these younger guys and make Lamar happy for another year and see what happens. See how this offensive coordinator shakes out. And and that's a bad spot to be in, but I think the Ravens, if anybody can overcome it, but it's just going to be interesting to see how they do it. This offense is weird, man. 
what is Nelson Aguilar going to do in Baltimore's offense? He's going to do a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> He's probably going to do not shit. Right. One uh, year, three million. I think for me with Baltimore, first off, I love seeing them burn. We talk about it all the time. I mean, they're an AFC power. I tweeted this today. I think they're an AFC power in terms of teams that year in and year out are around the dance and can potentially go every single year. Um, and I think that speaks to like their culture of their franchise. And I actually love that point of them being too loud. But at this point, I think you have to just buy into Lamar. I really do. Um, why not? He's your guy. Give him, give him the deal and, and play these four years out or whatever. Um, seriously, just see what happens because I think he's dynamic enough that he could get hot in the right moments and win significant games like big big time playoff games i think on his best day he can beat anybody so just buy in baltimore but honestly i hope you don't on and as a matter of fact tyler huntley is a pro bowl quarterback you might want to sign him to a max deal honestly pro bowl quarterback you might as well sign him <laughs> mark andrews though like just from knowing the baltimore raven pretty he runs that town like Travis Kelsey runs Kansas City. Like they love Mark Andrews. That's their centerpiece. And you have a guy like Odell Beckham is really, really good for this football team. Their offense is not dead. It's better than it ever has been with it these two guys. Lamar is going to be there. I fully, fully, fully believe with everything in my body that Lamar is going to be the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. But you got to think if Odell looks good and is healthy, that is awesome for Lamar Jackson. It really is, especially with Mark Andrews. You got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. As I said, that I mean, that core is decent with the new offensive coordinator. That's some stun fun stuff to play with. I don't know. I, I'm not going full down on the Ravens. I think as soon as they pay Lamar Jackson, which they are going to do, they are dead as fuck for a long time. I I'm agree. You guys right but... now because that that this is an organization that doesn't let players do and let Lamar do this to them and Lamar said one of the most outrageously ridiculous stupid things I've ever heard and this is a guy keep in mind that uh is letting his mother be his agent and negotiate contracts Lamar said because the reports were that he's asking for um the largest guaranteed money in NFL history oh no the, the reports were that he asked for a fully guaranteed contract and he said he did not ask for a fully guaranteed contract. He just asked for more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, got the most guaranteed money in NFL history. So <laughs> Lamar is just absolutely ridiculous with these negotiations. And you know what? I got to tip my hat to him a little bit because I, he's going to get it. He's, yeah. This Odell move shows me that he's going to get it. And as soon as he signs on that dotted line, mark my words, Baltimore will burn to the ground metaphorically speaking they are dead and you know i think we all i think we all kind of agree on that totally um, and i hope yeah. it happens yeah they'll be it's good for one more year maybe. yeah yeah um you know lamar hasn't played every single game the last two years they've gotten bounced because lamar hadn't been there so oh we have to before we move on we have to get chandler you are the biggest odell beckham hater in the world your thoughts on the obj <laughs> I absolutely love it because here's why it only validates my entire argument for the whole thing. Look at how much money Baltimore just gave him. That's what we're going to have to give him as the chiefs. Um, and I absolutely love that he's going to Baltimore in an un, 
in a non-pass friendly offense with no quarterback. It's just, it's a perfect storm for me. Winning the argument against Blaine and Baltimore burning. Blaine, you're just going to take that? What? I, it was so dumb, I'm not saying anything. There was no argument. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm, I'm moving on. Next team. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers finished third in their division. Oh, my gosh. They'll be picking 17th in the upcoming draft. Kenny Pickett is their guy. Guys, I, I got I to gotta say this. I think Pittsburgh, they are very close, in my opinion. They have an amazing head but they are very close to falling into irrelevance. Yeah. Like they are, they're boring. And I don't think Kenny has that ceiling that a lot of these guys have. He showed some moxie at the end of last year. Moxie is a good word for Kenny Pickett, but I just think talent wise on the offensive side of the football, like they just cannot hang with teams outside of their division that are like top talent teams. Like they, with all due respect to the Pittsburgh Steelers, they, in a meaningful playoff game, will have no business on the same field as the Kansas City Chiefs. A team like – I think a team like Miami can boat race. Flow. Cincinnati. Like, I think these highly skilled, powerful offenses can just outwork the Steelers right now. And even if that defense it, it still has that Steelers nasty, I think it's going to have some trouble keeping up. Uh, they're going to have trouble keeping up on offense with a lot of these high-powered – uh, offenses. Uh, I think Chandler's up. Chandler, do you agree with any of that? You, uh, to a point, but I also I also disagree um, because I think the Steelers are at an advantage where they know already that Kenny Pickett is their guy. I think that's a huge key or key or piece, however you want to say it, going into a new season. Um, you already have the most important position in all of sports figured out with Kenny Pickett. Um, so I think that that's, I think that that's a good thing for them. Um, I love George Pickens. I think he's an absolute freak of a receiver. I think that's a great starting point. I love Najee. Um, I love, uh, and I just kind of love the grid of Pittsburgh. And Johnny, you kind of alluded to it. You didn't say his name, but um, TJ Watt, dude. TJ Watt on the field is an absolute game wrecker, and he can win Pittsburgh ball games. His the the. Pittsburgh's stats last year with TJ Watt were like astronomically better. They have won so many more games with him just on the field. If he can stay healthy, Johnny, I think Pittsburgh is in a decent position. Um, I really do. I think they need to add offensive talent in the draft. Absolutely. Get a, you know, sure of that offensive line. I believe their offensive line was horrific last year in pass protection. So that's a big, big point of emphasis going forward. But Pittsburgh, I think they're in a better spot than Baltimore. Okay, so Chandler, this is exactly what I was going to ask you. If Lamar Jackson's a quarterback at Baltimore, you believe in Pittsburgh with Kenny Moore, with both with the pieces offensively and just who they are as a team? Yes, I do. Okay. I, believe I, don't. Kenny, I, I believe. I don't. I believe in Kenny Pickett because I believe that he has the ability to pass the ball really well. Okay. I don't no, think I mean, he's there yet. I don't think he's there yet, obviously, but – there's there were enough flashes last year where if this guy gets a full you know off season learning from the best developing a relationship with a bona fide number one wide receiver I mean come on you got to get George Pickens that in my opinion I, I, yeah. if he was on the Chiefs we would literally love him um, I I think he is Johnny you're looking at me like I'm crazy I think he's bona fide dude he's crazy no he's 
Yeah, I know, but come on, man. Like he, but uh, he's got to prove it a little bit more. Okay, okay, fine. I'll give you that. But what I'm saying is that Kenny Pickett and him are developing that relationship. You give them another year to develop and continue to do that. I don't see how that's not a decent combo right. in your guys' eyes. I I just disagree completely. I think OBJ is better than Pickens, and oh, I think God. Lamar yeah. is better than Johnny. Kenny. You let him off the hook. You yeah, you know, OBJ. OBJ yes. off of an ACL surgery is better than one of the most dynamic rookies the league had last year. Are yeah. you serious? And Mark Andrews and a new offensive coordinator. Oh, I'm taking you're picking Kenny Pickett, who struggled to put up 10 points for three-fourths of the season last year over Lamar, one of the best athletes. And I know we can't. I don't, I'm not a Lamar guy myself, but God, the I Ravens are better than the Steelers. Figure it out, Pod is dead. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe what I've just heard. Okay. Uh, I'm quitting. But okay, Taylor. <laughs> it was. It's ridiculous to say that George Pickens is a bona fide okay, number one. Fair. Next year, next year, if he has a, a a really good season, we can have that conversation. But I mean, fifty-two catches, eight hundred and one yards, and four touchdowns. I mean, he needs like a fourteen hundred yard season to be a bona fide number one receiver. And then if he does that with Kenny in this offense, I'm with you. Um, I needed that little OBJ interaction between you guys, though. I mean, the, the podcast needed that. The crew needed that. The Steelers, I, the Steelers have to address offensive line. Absolutely. They, do. And what I don't understand as well with the Steelers, and it, it baffles me, I don't – they've got to get Najee going. I think there was – the last eight weeks of the season when Pittsburgh started to be on the in-the-hunt graphics, mind you guys, they were around the playoffs last year as bad as we think they were last year. Najee turned it on the last eight weeks of the season, and it totally changed that offense. If they can get some some serious production from Najee, I don't see why it's not a – why they can't make noise. They added Isaac Samalu from I think that's how you say it, that guard from Philly. He was the guard that on that like fourth and one, he false started against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But he's he's a good player. They added him. I I think Chandler, I think you and I are just we think differently about the Steelers because I actually I actually think Najee's like a bust. So I just think like if you are a first round pick like him and you are dynamic. You're going to put up some sort of numbers, you know, better than he has. And he's gotten the, he gets fed the rock at like Derrick Henry level. Like he, they feed him the rock. And so I think Pittsburgh is, I think Pittsburgh is more uh, accurately represented by their two and six start than how they finished. I think that's just Mike Tomlin being awesome. I think the roster is more in line with that two and six start, but there's a long way to go. We'll agree to disagree, and we'll get to more of that later. We have a, we still have a lot more teams to get to. And the next one that we're going to get to is a team with no first-round pick. It's the Cleveland Browns. They have a pervert at quarterback. And I'm not really sure uh, – I'm not really sure what to expect from this team. Elijah Moore, who I think is a pretty good player. But I, I legitimately believe this. I think that Cleveland is going to still be wandering through the desert in search of water, you know, just metaphorically speaking, because like they have a, a bad dude at quarterback, like he's a weirdo and he, and he hurt a lot of people. 
And I think that, I think that shit matters, you know? Um, but then, you know, I could be wrong because like, did the Ravens win a Super Bowl with Ray Lewis and he killed a guy? So Blaine, what do you think about what's going on in, in, in Cleveland? It's all about, it's, it literally is all about Deshaun Watson. Like if he's old Deshaun Watson, they're pot. Like they could be really fucking good this year. You, Elijah Moore is one of my favorite free agency signings of any team. That mean it, he's not a number one guy. I mean, but you don't need it. You got no Joku, Amari Cooper, people Jones looked pretty good last year. And then you add more to that mix. Like if Deshaun Watson can throw the ball and Nick Chubb can run the ball. We know that's, we know that's a fact. Then that offense is good. And the, the biggest needs really is maybe get another weapon for Deshaun. Maybe add, you know, somebody alongside Miles Garrett uh, to get another edge rusher. That's, I mean, that's their need. DN, D tackle, and they're solid everywhere else. Juan Thornhill was good for them. Denzel Ward still, Grant Delpit, Newsome, all in the secondary. Um, decent linebackers across the board. This football team is, I mean, if Deshaun's okay, they're going to win in, in, in multiple games and, and be sniffing at a playoff spot. And if Deshaun's good, then they're they're a for sure playoff football team. That's the way I'm looking at this roster. Only they had OBJ still. Yeah. I mean, he's really good, Chan. 15 million guaranteed. 18 million potential for one year. He must be that good. Uh I yeah. I think this is probably it's probably safe to say this is a pivotal year for Stefanski. Yeah. And I we talked a lot on this pod last year about Deshaun Watson. And I remember saying, and I, I could definitely still be wrong about this, but I didn't think he was going to get any better. Like he, he was legit bad in every game that he played. Yeah. There was never like one game where you, anyone was like, Ooh, old, old Deshaun's back. Freaking right. Slinging the rock around and getting tugged off in the locker room by the masseuse. Like, you know, no, it's freaking same old pervert weirdo. And he, 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 you know, I'm going to beat that joke to death because it's ridiculous that this guy did this so much and got away with it and got all of this money. But from a football perspective, he, look, he didn't get the time with the guys. I just, I don't know. People were comparing him to Patrick before all this happened. And if Patrick took two years off and you just threw him onto the field with those guys, he would never look that bad. So, yeah, my thoughts there. Chandler, anything for you on Deshaun before we get over to the AFCs? I'm good. Okay. We'll talk about your Bills then. How about that? The Buffalo Bills will be picking 27th in this draft because, again, they fell short of the Super Bowl. Keep in mind, um, you know, the media will lead you to believe that Buffalo has won many Super Bowls and that Josh Allen has multiple MVPs and Super Bowl MVPs and victories. But uh, Buffalo's never won the Super Bowl. In fact, at one point, they lost four in a row. They've never gotten past the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs uh, with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. Um, and their city, Buffalo, New York, resides right in the middle of, of the depths of hell. Yeah. And I think that this team is incredibly desperate right now, in all seriousness. And I think that this team, Chandler, I, I legitimately think this. They could be dead. Like, if they maybe get off to a bad start, there could be, like, some fighting. It ended really badly with Stephon Diggs last season, still on the roster. But, man, it it feels weird to me right now. What, what do you think? It feels great to me, Johnny. I think Buffalo is in a horrific spot because 
Like Cincinnati, they're losing key defensive pieces. And as un, un as unfortunate of the circumstance with DeMar Hamlin, he is another missing piece on that defense that they had a lot invested in. And um, I mean, I, you know, that's a horrific circumstance that nobody could possibly predict, but it's still a, a, an issue that needs to be addressed. And what I love the most about Buffalo is that they have the most pressure on them without winning a Super Bowl maybe in my lifetime that they have got to win one with this core, because when it blows up, it could blow up bad. Josh Allen regressing. In my opinion, I thought he did not have that good at the end of the year last year and got absolutely smacked in the face at home by the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs, at least when the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes lost the Bengals, it was down to the wire and the chiefs had to choke away. One of the most disappointing losses in Chiefs franchise history just for the Cincinnati Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. They went to Buffalo and kicked the shit out of them. I love what you said about it ending poorly, Johnny, and I love what you said about it maybe getting off to a slow start and things just unraveling during the season. That would be a great, great treat this year if that could happen. And let's not forget, we'll get to the rest of this division here coming up. This division is turning into a gauntlet. Far more difficult right now than the AFC West is. I don't really want to play any of those teams twice a year. Um, They're going to have to do it, except for maybe New England. New England's awful. Um, But it is not green grass right now in Buffalo. It's kind of one of those puke yellows, and I absolutely love it. As a matter of fact, I see a little burning flame over there in the depths of hell right now in Buffalo, New York. It's um, I love it. And, Johnny, last thing I'll say – it's amazing how many Super Bowls, MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs Josh Allen has won without actually winning them. It's so great. It makes for such clean fun. Um, Buffalo is one, one, two bad games away from hell, and I love it. Yeah, Josh really regressed last year. I mean, he did. they beat the Chiefs. I was at that game. Um, I really think the Chiefs did not do themselves any favors in that game, but with what, what really was on display this last season for Josh is what Brian Dable got fixed for yeah. him. And it's all the stuff people talked about in the draft. I mean, his ceiling, there's only one player in this league that can beat him in terms of top-end ceiling plays. And, of course, it's Patrick. Josh is right, right behind Patrick there. He'll never be as good as Patrick in anything, but he's right there behind him. But what brings Josh back down to earth and what destroys the Bills are his unbelievable amount of turnover-worthy plays. And then if the defense can capitalize on those mistakes and actually secure the turnover, it just destroys them. You know, the, 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 in that playoff game specifically, so if you go to the year before in that divisional game when the Chiefs and Bills got into that back-and-forth game, right? One of the best games ever. Chiefs win the game back-and-forth heavyweight knockout, slugfest, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the Bills fought back a bunch. And that's devastating to have that uh, end of your season. They came back last year, picked preseason by Vegas as the Super Bowl favorite. You know, beat the Chiefs, get going, get going. Then they get into, you know, the weird thing with Josh's UCL. They get into some some adversity, the Bills just didn't punch back, guys. And this is going to sound um, this is going to sound like I'm an asshole, but I am. So uh, the Bills were 
in danger of getting boat raced in that DeMar Hamlin game when that unfortunate situation happened. The Bengals took their opening kick, took, took their first possession down and shoved it up the Bills' ass with a touchdown pass over the middle to either, I think it was Boyd, could have been Higgins. But anyways, uh, regardless of who it was, like the, 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 that uh, saved them from getting embarrassed on national television. And then they ended up getting embarrassed on national television in that uh, divisional round game uh, uh, in Buffalo. The, the, the bills just quit guys that, and, and you're just going to, you're going to end your year like that and fix it in one off season. Absolutely not. You got Stefan Diggs going on like, Super Bowl week TV shows talking about how he was upset with how he was used and how he was upset with the execution of the offense. And, um, you know, he just leaves the locker room to get him back in there when, you know, just, just earlier in the year, him and Josh Allen were doing, you know, a bunch of little handshakes and stuff and playing grab ass. And now these guys are just in a terrible position. And to your point, Chandler, you, you, you were spearheading this effort. I like this. This feels good. Yeah. This feels really damn good because Buffalo, Chiefs get to play Buffalo again this year. I believe it's in Kansas City. And Buffalo, you know, they're going to have a tough schedule. And you you make the best point, Chandler. The amount of pressure on Buffalo is ridiculous. A fan base that has gotten abused, to put it lightly. And, you know, there was a ton of pressure a few years ago, they took Josh Allen. After that, they lose in the AFC Championship game. They get their doors blown off of them. Then they lose that freaking game when they're up with 13 seconds left. Then they get embarrassed last year. There's so much pressure on this team, and they're cracking. They're so close to cracking. Blaine, your thoughts on the Bills? Just shortly, they just have made the wrong moves. That's all up. Vaughn Miller's too long of a contract. He's getting too old, and it's going to ruin that. Stefan Diggs, okay, you could argue that was the right move, but not investing in the O-line and, and, and making Von Miller the highest paid player on their team, then sticking with two 30-year-old safeties who are now, you know, one probably isn't coming back and one's 30. And their secondary looks iffy. Their offensive line is still iffy. And Stefan Diggs isn't happy. Just bad moves. And Von Miller towards ACL. Didn't work, and they might burn. Oh, they're going to burn. And a team that could help them burn is a team that I think has a really legit chance to win this division. It's the Miami Dolphins. Now, they don't yeah. have a first-round pick in this coming draft. They have they had to forfeit that pick because their owner was uh, doing some underhanded behind-the-scenes, you know, stuff with Brady about trying to get him in. They, they were, like, trying to offer him if he played for a little bit. It might give him an inside track on an ownership stake in the Miami Dolphins, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, anyways, I do not have a first round pick this, this year, but you know, they've got some really high level players on this team. I tend to think that they are ultimately going to be limited at, at, at ceiling by Tua. You really got to think that, I mean, Tua is like one heavy duty sneeze away from like his brain yeah. just dripping out of his ears. Yeah. And so Blaine, your thoughts on what we can expect from Miami this year? Are you as high on, on, on them as, as I might be? And why is Tyreek Hill talking so much shit still? Yeah, but, I mean, Tyreek's going to be Tyreek until he's in the grave 10 feet deep. It's, 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 
I'm just really worried about Tua. And I, I, I'm glad you said it. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about it enough. The Miami Dolphins could be really, really, really good. They made the right moves. They got Ramsey because they needed a corner. Um, they knew they weren't going to get some, you know, some stuff in the draft. They got four picks. Well, they don't really need that many picks. They have two of the fastest, best receivers in the NFL. Um, <laughs> you got a you got a decent O line. You have a good defense. You bring in a quarterback that's really good, but Mike White's the backup. If Tua goes down, they did enough. And and somebody showing that Mike White, if you're going to go get somebody, I mean, that's a, that's a decent to do it. But can he win multiple games in this gauntlet if Tua does go down? And I I'm I'm starting to believe that there's more of a yes, like Tua's is kind of like this Andrew Luck fizzling out of his career. I don't see how it happens, man. Last year was one of the worst years I can remember even from any standpoint of a concussion on a football field out of a player. He didn't play. They didn't allow him to play through the playoffs. If he gets one, he's done. And that's horrible because this team is really strong across the board on this roster, and they could make a run to win it, to, to win it. The concussion thing is just like <clears> – <throat> You know, that people talk about concussions all the time, minor concussions, this and that. I and and the, the leagues covered differently now. We see everything on TV from multiple different angles, but that that fencing pose with Tua was gross. That like that sucked. And <clears throat> Tua even talked about how he he like didn't even remember it, guys. Like that shit's that shit's scary. And Tua can be as you know, chipper and, you know, pumped up to play or as, as strong and brave as he wants, you know, damn well into his head. He's like, like scared of getting another one. He is guys. He is like, I just think, and this pod kind of just took a turn for some pretty serious conversation, but we'll, we'll, we'll bounce back here in a second, but I think it needs to be said. I do think that at some point, you know, we saw it with DeMar Hamlin I do think maybe at some point, like the only thing that will really shake this league is if like someone legit dies from like a head injury. Like, and I'm not saying it's going to happen to Tua, but I guarantee you like the thought has ha happened. He's like, man, if I get a bunch of these, I might not be around too much longer. Fuck. So, you know, that's that kind of stuff people are thinking about. Miami, of course, is thinking about it. But like you said, Blaine, like, they started a fucking seventh rounder from K State in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, almost. <laughs> and almost so like one. Yeah, they should have. The Buffalo stinks. <laughs> They're literally horrible. They, so you know, if Tua can have a healthy season, and I really, I, I, I hope he does. Buffalo is so screwed because Miami's gonna kick their ass, man. Like they. Oh my gosh, we keep bringing this back to Buffalo, but like Buffalo fans probably are looking this offseason like, what the fuck are we doing? We got to go against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Ramsey now? Get fucked. <laughs> okay, uh, Chandler, any thoughts on on the Dolphins real quick or should we go to the next one? Yeah, let's go to the next. Dolphins, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll stick to the team that sucks the new England Patriots. And this is such a weird, such a weird team, Chan. They're picking 14th in this upcoming draft. A lot of talk about, 
Mac Jones and there's a severed relationship between him and Belichick uh, based off of Belichick's track record. I don't see that relationship getting fixed anytime soon. I mean, this keep in mind, this was a guy that the Patriots benched for Bailey Zappi last year, which, yeah, I mean, gosh, he stinks. And so I, I'm not really sure what to expect from New England other than maybe the exact kind of record they had last year or something worse. They, they did add some uh, offensive pieces. They got Juju from Kansas City, Mike Gusecki from – uh, the Dolphins, James Robinson. Dude, I legitimately think that this Patriots team is terrible, Chan. What do you think? This, I, the Patriots are the franchise that may have gone the most from the most buttoned up to the most unbuttoned franchise in the history of the NFL. Uh, it's in complete disarray, and it's like they didn't plan for life after Tom Brady, which I hope actually sends a message to the Chiefs because there are going to be Kansas City Chiefs games at some point in our life without Patrick Mahomes playing. So the Patriots have gone from being one of the most consistent, fundamentally sound organizations to they have no identity. Um, And they're trying to plug and place veterans here and there, like with the Juju Smith-Schuster signing, Around what? What's their core? What do they want to do on offense? What do they want to do, you know, to be dynamic and keep up with, hell, just their division? And they don't have that answer. They brought in offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, I believe. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but he'll be calling the plays in New England. So I think that that is a a good move in the right direction. I don't know what Belichick was trying to do last year with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, neither of whom have ever called – offensive plays in the NFL. I've only never known Matt Patricia as being the defensive coordinator of any team. So I just don't really understand what, what his thought process was on that. Um, They're kind of in hell. I don't know that I can name a single player on their defense right now. I really don't think I could just sitting here right now without actually having to think about it. I can't name one. Um, So it's, it's bleak. I would say right now in Foxborough, the boss, the greater Boston area. And quite frankly, I don't hate the Patriots as much anymore as I used to, but I love watching them burn too. There's some teams in the AFC that had deserved a burn in for a long time and they're getting their burning now. And it's fun to see Patriots suck. And also, by the way, while I'm on it, got a little hot under the collar, under the robe collar here. So I'm going to keep going. Where are all the Patriots fans that I know? Because college, high school, they were sure around. Oh, they I were barking. Heard, I ain't hearing from them here recently, so I know we have some Patriots fans, quote unquote, from uh, that listen to the pod. So if you guys, Hayden. yeah, if you guys feel free to reach out, Kyle Wilmoth too. He's a guy. The little name drop there. A lot of bullshit bandwagon went away after Tom Brady. So good. It's great to see. It really is. Yeah, I think I, uh, I'm warming to this take. And I think it's actually sick that Belichick is not nearly as good of a head coach as people think. First off, defensively, great. Okay. But since Brady left, I mean, just the the, the success on one side of the breakup versus the other um, ha- has made some people think that. And then to see, I don't like how people talk about Bill. Like, I like how people talk about Big Red, 
Like, dude, players love Andy. People hate Belichick. Brady couldn't stand Belichick. People talk about like working there is like it's like going to the military. You know, Belichick might stink, guys. And that you know, I'm I'm not saying that's that's what I believe. I'm saying might, and I'm trying to razz up the Patriots listeners that we do have, which, like you said, Chandler, are getting less and less by by the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll check back here at maybe maybe next off season or halfway through the year on if the Belichick stinks take is actually valid or not. Final AFC East team, Blaine, over to you. New York Jets all depends on when Rodgers joins this team. It, sa- it, it feels more like when as opposed to if he's going to join this team. They brought in a lot of players, man. They, it, they're bringing in Alan Lazard. They brought in Nicole Hardman from the Chiefs, who last time I checked, didn't have a pelvis, uh, couldn't play in the playoffs for the Chiefs due to a pelvis injury. And they brought in some other guys too, Blaine. What, 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 let's just operate like Rodgers is the quarterback of the New York Jets. What are you going to expect from them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like Mekhi Becton. Can he be good? And if he can, then you have to do something else. You know, you have to add a little bit more on your offensive line just because it, that's their biggest issue right now is to keep him upright. They're, they'll be okay. Garrett Wilson's great. Uh, shout out Chandler's and you guys both, you know, talk a little bit about Garrett Wilson, but his, his rookie year was awesome. Corey Davis is okay. Alan Rosard, okay. They got weapons everywhere. Nicole Hardman stinks, but, you know, it, it, it's more on than this offensive line to and, and let Aaron Rodgers throw the football. I don't have anything really big on them at all. It's They're going to be a good football team. They're going to compete. But if Zach Wilson is their quarterback, they stink worse than shit. They're horrible, yeah, and new like New York garbage. So we'll we'll see if Rogers goes. It'll be fun. Per sources as well, Brees Hall apparently has been looking really well too. I think people forget that he's yeah. on that team, and he was well on his way to potential Rookie of the Year contention. Not saying right. winner contention. However, I did call the defensive Rookie of the Year, so maybe I would have known something there. Um, Brees Hall back to that offense is big. They get Rogers. That's a damn good football team. Well said, Blaine. Yeah, Robert Sala's got that that defense like playing some nasty football too. I mean, so yeah, so you, you talked about Sauce, but they just—I'm pretty sure they gave a bunch of money to Quinn and Williams, or if they haven't, they're yeah, going he's... to. Um, just a beast at three technique. Yeah, I think <clears throat> C.J. Mosley, Solomon Thomas. You know, fuck, dude, they're good. And Sauce is the best corner in the NFL right now. I seriously think that. Just Taylor, the- you nailed it on the Jets rookies, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that before, but dude, nice. <laughs> Appreciate it. That was sick. Uh, dude, it was sick. You I agree. Called, no, I completely agree. I really ball. love it. It's one of the best calls I've made on the show. I just need your Buffalo burning in hell to be the next <laughs> one that you nail because that would be hilarious. Okay. Uh, did I say this? The Jets will be picking 13. So I mean, a good pick for them, too, guys. That's so they, they add Rodgers, they get a true first round graded player which i'm trying to think where that would be chan well just real quick i wanted to go over like why isn't rogers on the jets yet like he's, he's doing still- drugs yeah. in the woods chandler well, he's doing he's drinking tea <laughs> it, it really could be the offensive line like i i don't know I, they're trying to it's- give everything they can with the wide receiving core and all the you know I just, I just don't know. I think Rodgers is smarter than we all think. 
And I think he's putting oh. every single thing into consideration before he does this. No, I Everything. think he's, I think he's I think he's really smart. I think he's like weirdly too smart. He's it's like he he's either trying to be like that or he really just is. And the drugs have gotten to him because he's seeing things in a different way now. Like big like whether it's right or wrong, that's definitely what's happened. He sees the world far differently now and it's affecting football. And right. he doesn't, he like, I think the thing some people don't realize, I, I've, I've watched and listened to almost every Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on Pat McAfee for the last probably six months. Dude, guys and listeners, he just doesn't give an F about nothing. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. So that's, I think, what it is, kind of. He always thinks he's the smartest one in the room. I think. I talk about him all the time. Cal Hurd's my, my, my homie. And he it, – it is hilarious, by the way, to hear Cal Hurd talk about Rodgers. But he did bring up the point. Like, Rodgers always – it's just it's just annoying and smug at this point. Like, he always just thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And I personally – me, Johnny Rowe, like, I don't trust Rodgers just as a dude. Like, I don't trust – 40-year-old dudes who are single and do drugs in the woods. Like, yeah. I just don't trust them to be the quarterback of the my billion-dollar-plus franchise. Like, it's not crazy of me to say, like, congrats on the sex, Rogers. You're probably not, you know, struggling to get any, but and you're rich as fuck, but as far as being a quarterback of the team, like, I'll take the guy who puts ketchup on steak over the 40-year-old doing drugs in the woods any day of the week. And so it's just, I mean... You know, Jets fans, if I were you, just based off of the track record of what's been standing at quarterback for you recently, I'd be excited for this. I really would. It's just, it's very volatile. It could go incredibly well, or it could go wrong. And if it goes wrong, it'll be quick. It'll be quick for the Jets. Like, we'll know in the first, we'll know in the first four or five weeks, like, oh, shit, this is, this is weird. Um, but I do hope it happens sooner rather than later, because I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. One final division. I love chopping it up with you boys. This is so much fun. I've, we've been going from first place to last place in the division, but we'll just save the Chiefs for last to finish the podcast on a good note. So um, we'll just stick with Blaine here on this one. The second place finishing Chargers. Mm -hmm. because, no, because I think it's time for Blaine to just like kick the whole Chargers thing. I mean, we milked the hell out of that last year, but Blaine hates the Chargers. Okay, Blaine hates the Chargers. And before we let you talk, Blaine, if you go back on what I just said there, you will be dead to me. By the way, I decided to stick up for you. Do you hate the Chargers, Blaine? I was Tell just going to say, I was just going to say, I think they might be, you know, the Chargers yeah. charging and I'm kidding. Fuck them, dude. What? That was the worst game. I th Well, the best game I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Outside of a couple of Chiefs games I was their person for, but that Chargers charging thing, I was not a believer in it. And I was a full, like, you know what? Something's got to turn. You know, the grave is never going to stay in the same place. And it's just, it's staying in the same place. I'm I'm absolutely dumbfounded about how that happened last year and how just everyone's right about the Chargers charging. And so I'm done with that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to rep Staley on my back. I'm not going to put a Chargers logo on the front of that jersey either. And I'm not putting it on my fucking body 
Chargers, you know, they're going to be okay. They're going to be they're going to be competitive in this AFC West. You got to admit, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Herbert. I mean, what's Eckler? Who is Eckler? Mm, see ya. Not sure. You know, it's just it, it it it's a it's a weird team in a few spots, but they're still going to be really good. And I think it's Staley's prove it year, and we'll see what he does. Yeah, I, I will say they are just so dynamic, but they just cannot get out of their own way. They just find a new way to do it year in and year out, and they they just – I it really starts with the coach, in my opinion. Johnny says it all the time. He's just an asshole, but not like in a bad way. He's just an idiot asshole. Like he's just like, dude, what are you doing kind of asshole? So it's – um. I, I don't think they're that good, though. I really don't. I think their defense sucks. Um, even with the talent they have on their defense, I still think it sucks. I think the Chiefs absolutely eviscerated them in L.A. It was – I don't know. I think they suck. I really do. And especially for Staley being a defensive coach. I really think, too, and, you know, as we're looking about who they lost, like Drew Tranquil is a big loss for that defense. And – Eric Kendricks, they they get him instead, who's 31 years old at inside linebacker. You know, I know Drew's more of a, a kind of a, a defensive pass defending linebacker, but I mean, they, they you can flip that for that. Tranquil was a top 10 tackles guy in the NFL, and you lose him, and there there are just some things that uh, eh, I, I'm not loving about it either. And oh, by the way, the Chiefs have Drew Tranquil. <laughs> Chargers suck, dude. They got rid of one of their best defensive players to an in-division team who happens to be the best team in the NFL and potentially the league's history. <laughs> oh, by the way, the Super Bowl 57 champions. Dude, he was their leading tackler. Yeah. He's on the, the Chiefs. <laughs> Chandler, I didn't think you could get higher on your boy. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be sick on the uh, Chiefs. He immediately comes in as the Chiefs' best coverage linebacker, too, easily. It, he, it's We'll get to the Chiefs in just a second. Chargers are picking 21st in this upcoming draft. There's a number of ways that they could go. And like you said with Kendricks, Eric Kendricks is the only player that they've brought in to add. That's it. They've just re-signed some guys. And to me, if you've listened to Austin Eckler on any podcast or him talk at all in any interviews, I mean, this is an undrafted guy who had to work really hard to get trains his balls off is in amazing shape, plays really hard, is an integral piece to this Chargers team. And he wants out. He wants out. Imagine being an undrafted player and then requesting a trade. The balls on this guy. It must be fucking terrible in the in in, in L.A. They brought in it was it Kellen Moore. Is yeah. Kellen Moore their offensive coordinator? So they got good hire. Good, good hire, hire, I think that could that that could help them out a lot and just get Staley's ass out of the way. I mean, this is the defensive coordinator for the McVay Rams, and he comes in, gets a plethora of highly talented defensive studs. And his ass can't get out of the way. And they're terrible. They have one of the worst rushing defenses in the league again last season. So, yeah, I'm with you guys completely. The Chargers suck. And 
Now, if Kellen Moore is really good that with Herbert, that could suck, but that hasn't started yet. So in my opinion, they still suck. I'm not, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna pitch you guys off a little bit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stamp the suck label from my end. I'll let you two stamp it. I think they're gonna be okay. But stamp at your end, I'll I'll stay away for oh, a suck. few weeks. <laughs> suck is different than stink. Stink means you're a bad team. Suck means you suck, Blade. Fair. How oh, yeah, I get, I get, I get it, I get it, I get it. Now, what doesn't suck? I saw this on Twitter. Will Clap, sick name. Will Clap, especially as a center. Resigned him. Oh, uh, I wish he was a chief. But Creed Whoa. is is a even better name. You know, I mean, like it, if we're talking sinners, Creed's even better than Will Clap. But I gotta, I had to say, Will Clap. That dude. That dude's college had to be sick. <laughs> I got the clap. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, what team are we on now? I'm having way too much fun, by the way. I feel like I sound like I've, I've been drinking. I, I haven't. I'm just, I'm just full of E right now. Easy the E do. is through the roof. Uh, Either Raiders. Raiders or Broncos. I, it's the Raiders. Yeah, it's the, I lost my note here. The Raiders, uh, they'll be picking seventh in the upcoming draft. Another top 10 pick uh, for this team. I mean, they have just shown in the past that they cannot get first-round picks right. I don't know if um, Josh McDaniels is the guy. He might just be a coordinator for a reason. Jimmy G is their quarterback. And then they trade Darren Waller. I I don't know – Okay, the Raiders just stink, right, Chan? The Raiders are awful. Um, and <laughs> quite frankly, they I hate Derek Carr. As a matter of fact, the other day I tweeted that Derek Carr is my most hated Raider of all time. And they somehow got worse than Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. And I hate to say that because Jimmy G, FCS guy. But Derek Carr is better than him. Yeah. And they regressed. And they suck on defense outside of Max Crosby. And he is negated because they suck so bad on defense. Um, he doesn't have nearly the impact because unlike TJ Watt, the Steelers have a competent – they have competence going on behind their defensive line. I don't think the Raiders do. I think they're insanely under-talented in their secondary. I think they struggle to, they struggle to stop the pass, which they proved all year last year. And in our division – Say what you will about the teams. The offenses are pretty explosive, um, and that's just a recipe for disaster for them. Josh McDaniels, the reason they traded Waller was because Waller and his wife now, Kelsey Plum, who plays on the Aces or whatever, the Las Vegas Aces. Sup. Yeah, definite sup, definite hot. Like, Josh McDaniels is, like, telling people about their wedding when he asked him not to, and he was just like, dude, F you. I'm out of here. And so – it's just disarray. It's the Raiders. Um, Mark Davis is like the poorest owner in the NFL. I don't think that really matters, but it is. it does mean something because he, he's afraid to spend money. I mean, he had to go out and get Jimmy G to compete in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and, and Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's better than Jimmy G, and I think Russell Wilson stinks. So Raiders are dead as of April 10th. They're just already dead. It's pretty funny that you said that about Mark Davis. Imagine being like the guy at the billionaire table that everyone calls poor. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine getting bullied at the billionaire table. That would 
be hilarious. I, I was thinking of this too. Earlier we talked about the Texans adding a bunch of players that were like super mid. I think that if they made like, you know, Vegas is a city of partying and festivals, they need to make a, a festival called Midfest. And the headliners are going to be the players that they signed in the offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, Amir Abdullah, Austin Hooper, O.J. Howard, DeAndre Carter, Keelan Cole, Philip Dorsett, Jacoby Myers, Cam Sims, Jerry Tillery. I think Midfest is going to be taking over Vegas this season. And their players just suck, man. Like the Raiders just they're they're just not very they're just not a very highly talented team. And I completely agree. Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is gonna get exposed being away from the, the Kyle Shanahan system and structure from San Francisco. Like I really think this could go poorly quickly for them. And I would think that what what I think the Raiders are gonna do in this draft is I think that they are the team that will take Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Like their goal, highly athletic, developmental quarterback with Jimmy G as a placeholder to build for the future. I I completely think that that's like that's what they're going to do. Do you guys think they're going to go quarterback or not? Well, I could see that, and those are both stupid options because I both think they're going to suck in the NFL, and it would make perfect sense for the Raiders. Again, so <laughs> it would be great. It would be great. It seems like a total Raiders move. Like that's that. Okay. We have amnesia over the Jamarcus Russell pick. We should take Anthony Richardson. Like it's, we should take Will Levis. Let's take this highly athletic quarterback that's proven, you know, freaking nothing. And uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's go to the last team before the Chiefs over to Blaine, Denver Broncos. Look, disaster is putting it lightly. What happened last year for the Broncos? They do not have a first round pick. Um, and Sean Payton is their head coach. I tend to think that Sean is a guy that has a pretty good plan. I tend to think that Sean wouldn't take a job that he doesn't think he can get under control sooner rather than later. I do think the payday incentivized him to get back into coaching. Though They're paying him a ton of money. I think that we're going to know very early on if Russell Wilson is going to be the quarterback for very long for this team or not. They brought in Jared Stidham. I think that's a guy – I think Stidham is a guy that could be a placeholder for Sean Payton, like to start the season uh, over Russell Wilson. I don't think think they'd have a very good year, but I think they could have a really bad year again with Russell Wilson. Now, Sean could be the guy that fixes him, Blaine. And I want to hear what you have to think about or have to say about that too. But I I just think that I think Sean could be the right guy. I think Denver has been in a horrible, horrible position for long enough to where they have some sort of desperation about them. And this feels to me like a desperation move. You know, they tried to bring in Russell Wilson as their desperation move. Now let's try on the coaching side of things to see if we can fix him because we're screwed. We don't have any picks or any cap space. I don't know. I'm rambling. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I think of all AFC West teams, they had the best offseason. I know, obviously, last offseason, you don't really have a whole lot to play with because you pick, you know, don't pick till 67. But Sean Payton's the right guy. He's a good move. He is a guy I would want to hire if Andy Reid went somewhere else or decided to retire, like, at that moment. Like, this year, I, Sean Payton's the best hire. 
and football and getting John Elway out of the door on, on the operation side is a great move as well. And I think, you know, bringing some things back, I think having Tim Patrick is going to help them a lot this year. And I think it's going to help Russell Wilson a lot is having a big X that they missed entirely all year last year. That lets Jerry Judy do a lot of things differently. That lets Cortland Sutton even do a lot of things differently. And they added Marquez Callaway, who, you know, was pretty good last year. I think for the Saints, right? So yeah. that, that that's a pretty damn good wide receiver room. And then Samaj P. Ryan, as we talked about in Cincinnati, now he goes to Denver. They're deep at, at running back. Um, they add McGlinchey from at, at right tackle too. I mean, they did they had enough, and then Patrick and, and Callaway and, and McGlinchey they add add enough. And to to all that combined, this offense could be pretty good. And they're if Russell can't be good with this crew, then retire it's impossible not to be decent offensively but somehow it believes i I think russell can do it i tend to agree blaine um it's probably kind of ludicrous after their season last year but he is the best hire in the offseason for football um and if there's anybody they can fix him i think it's him um it does kind of scare me denver could be they they weirdly are making all the right moves, and here recently Denver had not been doing that, and they're kind of starting to maybe do it, um, and it's kind of terrifying. Johnny, <laughs> well said. I mean, I already said my thoughts on 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 them, uh, guys. Denver, I, I can't remember how exactly how long it's been. I think it might be eight years now since they've beaten Kansas City. Is that right? Or maybe it's seven. I think it's like seven and a half. That also scares me. Some weird reason why it's scary. They're they're gonna be like it's gonna happen at some point. Like even you know when the Patriots and Brady dominated the Bills, it was like twenty-one to three in terms of wins and losses versus. But like there will be a time when it happens. That's why I thought like the last year, uh, I think they played on Sunday Night Football before it got flexed, like in in Denver. I thought that was going to be like a really big game for the Chiefs. I was looking forward to, just because of the the law of averages is going to happen. I I don't know if 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 Peyton realizes that Russell's not their guy, it's going to be two more victories for the Chiefs this year. So like, but if if he can figure Russell out, we saw when Russell was kind of getting his legs working against the Chiefs last year, there was some. There were some times in you know, that game in Kansas City where the Chiefs were like down late in that game. So, Blaine, Mike. The only other thing, Michael Burton's a Bronco, and I hate that. I, I just that pisses Come me on, off, Michael. That, that pisses me off. Well, and um, that pisses me off too. And also, don't forget about the game in Denver. That game was freaking scary too. That could have been a loss. Russ was, if Russ didn't freaking get knocked out himself, remember that on the goal line? Oh yeah, dude! I remember that. that. They were they were charging back, right? Yeah, the Chiefs tried to blow it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Arrowhead was, was dead. Day, like one hand picked him off and stiff armed him to the ground. Yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to talk about the Chiefs a little bit? Yeah. yeah let's let's wrap it. up the show with the yeah. Chiefs. Wrap up the show with the Chiefs a little bit. Chiefs, of course, have the 31st pick because they won the Super Bowl because of the best team of all time. They have the best player of all time and the best head coach of all time. And they're still around. And the draft is going to be in Kansas City. I'm going to be there. Um, Chandler, we need to get your ass up to Kansas City. See if you can do that. I, yeah, here it is. I don't know. 
I'm not, don't even say anything. You're just going to, you're just going to bring the mood down, but the draft is going to be in Kansas city. Super excited for what the chiefs are going to do, but let's talk about their off season moves a little bit. First big one. And I, the reason I'm starting with this one, it, because it was the first one, but because of Beach's track record was bringing in Juwan Taylor. And if you look, season to season beaches first guy he goes and gets usually identifies and on the first day he goes to get him justin reed um you know matthew was getting out of there he went and got justin reed the offensive line was terrible against brady in the 2020 super bowl goes to get joe tooney look some years before that when they lost in the 2018 afc championship game to tom brady and the patriots and the defense was an absolute sieve what does he do? He immediately goes and gets Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark. Like this guy has a track record of identifying the guy that he and his staff wants, and he makes no bones about it and goes to get him. So he goes to get Juwan Taylor, which a lot of people saw as a bit of a curveball, right, guys? Laramie Tunsil was a guy that was floating around as, as someone that the Chiefs uh, could be going to get. Are they going to bring back Orlando Brown Jr.? Are they going to franchise back and give him long-term money? What the Chiefs did and this is why I believe the Chiefs are in such an awesome position. You know, they're playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. How can the Chiefs, with Patrick Mahomes and this big salary, afford guys like Laramie Tunsil or Orlando or Orlando Brown? Well, they're not going to do that. They're just going to go pay top-of-the-market right tackle money for someone they believe can be their left tackle of the future. And people say, well, you can't make a right tackle a left tackle. Well, they just did it with Orlando Brown. So I really like what the Chiefs are doing here. Now, I do think there's a small, small possibility the Chiefs might do something crazy in the draft and go get their left tackle of the future. I wouldn't completely close that door. But as we sit right here today, um, Jawan Taylor is is your left tackle. Blaine, what do you think about the addition of, of Jawan? Yeah, I, I don't know who he's going to be. I really don't. I haven't watched enough film on him. I don't know what the front office is thinking. And like you said, I don't know if we're eyeing, uh, eyeing excuse me, a left tackle in the draft. The, the door's still open for a lot of things to happen just with that particular position and him and himself. But I do know the video I saw of him in the training room. He is quick feet. God, it, I, I was honestly astonished at how quick his feet were with 300-pound guy. But... 25 years old, you get young, you stay young. That's the mo. That's the mo. That's what they're doing. That's what Beach wants to do, and that's what they're doing across the board. Orlando, you know, the off season for all this to me, Johnny, is not so much what we've brought in so far. It's what we've decided not to keep. And I think not keeping Juju, he's had knee troubles. He was good. He was really good in spots, but I don't think he's a long term chief. Orlando Brown got a lot of slack, and you know, if we resign him, we'd be okay with it. But we were talking shit earlier in the year. I'm glad that he's not a long-term biggest money chief. And and we'll see what we'll see what happens in the I, Colin Saunders, I love you. RIP. But everything else, you know, I just like what we did not bringing back. Um and we'll see what the draft brings and really bringing in cuz that's where they're eyeing. The Chiefs are they're showing you plain as day what they are doing with player personnel. And this is, we talked about this. This is why like the OBJ move, like really never made sense. And it's why, you know, I think Hopkins would be really cool, but I just don't think that's the direction that Kansas city wants to go. Then maybe Hopkins gets cut by the Cardinals and takes an extremely team friendly deal to be with the chiefs. To be honest with you guys, people talk about players signing with the chiefs on, on friendly deals all the time. I've, I've yet to see those happen. To be honest with you, people talk about that all, you know, 
that that's just not really happening. But the Chiefs are showing you plain as day what they are what what they're wanting to do. When they got Frank Clark, he was young. When they got Tyron Matthew, he was still young and in the prime of his career. Joe Tooney was young. Justin Reed was young. Juwan Taylor's young. Charles O'Menahue is young. Drew Tranquil, Mike Edwards. Like they're not signing players with with, with without tread on the tires. Like they're 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 going to sign younger players and players that are older. Carlos Dunlap, for example. There's your rotational like limited snaps kind of guy that that comes into the locker room um so you know the chiefs are doing the smart thing they're they're getting younger and they're stockpiling draft picks and as beach and his staff get more seasoned they're showing us they know how to evaluate talent you know early on in the drafts for for brett beach it was rough i mean there were some bad you know and look at some of the players that just left you know they're choosing to get younger over bringing average replaceable players like Juan Thornhill and McCole Hardman and Colin Saunders, sorry, Blaine, back. Like they're choosing younger and cheaper and our in-house eval over bringing those guys back for when our eval was in, in whatever position it was for four years ago. And if you look at their recent drafts, they're just doing a really good job. I mean, recently bringing in guys, Willie Gay, Legereus Sneed, Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton in the same round, you know, three four defensive starters and contributors i think three starters and four contributors in that defensive secondary that were rookies and mcduffie cook uh williams and and watson you're starting running backs the seventh rounder i mean this team just trusts its process over everyone else's and it's awesome this is what i was talking about with Jawan taylor Let's just get the best free agent right tackle with great feet and get him in our building with Andy Reid and Andy Heck and put him on the left side. Yeah, It's just really cool. It's just really cool to see. And that's why we talked a second ago, Bland. That's why I really think that they still could add a tackle in the draft because if it goes poorly with Juwan Taylor, they have another guy ready and waiting or they'll just put Juwan on, on the right side. Taylor, we talked a lot about that. Do you have anything to say about the Juwan Taylor move? We didn't get anything from you there. I absolutely love it. Um, and I was a little skeptical, and I was skeptical with Orlando Brown. But at the end of the day, say what you would about Orlando Brown, you won a Super Bowl with us. Um, so the blueprint's there to develop these guys into a left tackle. And I love that you said Andy Heck, because that's such a crucial position. And that's the other thing about this Chiefs front office. I think they trust this coaching staff. I think they trust this coaching staff's ability to develop these guys and these players because there's no way that Veach drafted the secondary guys, for example, and expected them all to play right away. There's just no way. And you're not going to tell me any other any other way that, that four of our drafted secondary guys were going to be significant starters and or play significant snaps in the most crucial moments of the entire season. There's just no way. And that comes back to me saying how much they trust this coaching staff to develop these guys because there was a drastic difference from them in week seven as opposed to the AFC divisional round, for example. Huge upgrades all across the board. Orlando Brown got better as the year went along. I think that has a lot to do with coaching. And there's no reason why it can't happen for Jawan Taylor. Um, and so you're right, Johnny. I was pounding my fists on this on the table, the metaphorical table, to stay – youthful on the perimeter there is no reason to have something that has tread on the nfl tires 
when you have a guy as dynamic and as good and and just as as motivated as Patrick Mahomes to bring in guys that have to make a name for themselves or they're just going to go out the door. And I think these guys are buying into that philosophy and wanting to play in Kansas City when they get drafted and or signed. And it's fucking awesome. Blaine? I, I mean, playing on that, I, I just think, you know, Andrew Wiley was an un, uh, unsigned guy for us. We didn't draft him, but it, we let him go. We got what we got out of him because we truly, I truly think our organization believes we can draft somebody better than him of what he started as, who he's developed to be. There's so much talent in the drafts. And, you know, I want to sound like an old guy. Like these days, there's so much talent in the draft, but there really is. Talent has gone at a level of an upward incline and it's not going to stop going that way. And I think that's a path that the chiefs are going to continue to ride and try to be the forefather of this idea and mindset of building a roster because it's worked and it's came true and and they're going to keep doing it. They're going to draft holes. And I think like, like Wiley leaving tackle, very possible. Brian cook will slip in for Juan, but you've got wide receiver for Juju shoes. Very possible because they're, that's a lot of options that are 24 years old. Exactly, guys. And this is why I was saying like the Chiefs trust their process, right? Like let's just get guys in our building and with our coaches and they're going to have success. Steve Spagnuolo is renowned for his ability to develop defensive backs. So the Chiefs took five in the draft last year and let them grow together. And they all contributed. Now, the only one who didn't get defensive snaps was Nazi Johnson, but he, he played on special teams. And so that's why I, I've said this point a million times. That's why I think Trent McDuffie, Trent McDuffie is going to be so good because they've shown that they're not going to trade up or get use high draft capital or high value assets on defensive back. Oh, excuse me, on cornerback. And they went and identified McDuffie and went and got him. So super excited for that. A couple things, and then we'll wrap this one up because we're going to do a draft pod, right, before just to preview the draft. Absolutely. Okay. So real quick, guys, let's talk about Charles O'Menohue, and then I have one question. Um, I have two questions, and we'll get through those quickly. Do you, I don't know that much about Charles. I liked him coming out of Texas. I have seen he's very versatile on the defensive line. It'll be good to get him in the room with Joe Cullen. But, Chan, you want to start on Charles? What have you heard about him? I think he's just one of those guys. I think you nailed it right on the head with the versatility of this guy. I think he's a guy that can play in all the all the positions on the defensive line, and that's huge. It's kind of like um, an a upgraded version of a Nick Allegretti, a guy who can play all those positions on the offensive line um, that has more talent on the defensive line. Um, and like we just beat the dead or beat the horse or whatever, however that saying is getting more youthful up front is such a key and he's better. I hate to say it, but he's better than Colin Saunders. He's more athletic off the edge. Um, and just a guy that can really provide a different sort of defensive lineman that maybe we haven't had it really ever. I mean, Chris Jones, but I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Chris Jones, but the ability to rush from the inside and the outside. I don't know that we've had a guy that's been quite like this. I think it's a great signing. And I, I think it's just finally getting athletic at the edge. Who has been athletic at the edge? I mean, yes, George is more of a power rusher, but D Ford was kind of the last guy we've had that's been long. The guy has 36 inch arms. Like he has massively long edge type arms that we can bring somebody 
to you know develop in Colin's way of doing things that's you know not 30 years old and named Frank Clark so it'll be really interesting to see how Colin does without somebody you know our deep tackles did a lot better this year than they did last year but our DNs we'll see if he can finally break out and break a guy on on the corner outside of Carl Loftus I think they'll identify they'll identify an address edge in the draft too the Chiefs were second in sacks last year that was a big question mark for us guys Joe Cullen rocks they're going to extend Chris Jones. He's going to be back in there. He's the heart and soul of this defense, and, and they'll go from there. Two quick questions, and then we'll get out of here for this podcast. Guys, who's going to be the backup quarterback? Blaine, do you have any idea? Who the ba- it's, get your arm it, loose, Johnny. It's all right. <laughs> I don't need a lot. <laughs> they, should, they should go get Lamar. Lamar Jackson can be the backup. <laughs> you guys have any idea? Because certainly it's not going to be Shane Buchel. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I, I really don't know. A phenomenal Man, bet, question. Some guy that's like, I, I bet there's a six rounder this year that's better than Will Levis at 12, you know, that they're going to find. They're just going to plug in there and be the backup. Let's get Jacoby. Brissett? Oh, Anybody? I think sign for Washington. Ah, okay. Taylor Heineke. No. Oh, oh, I'm Heineke. Bring him in. No, he signed somewhere else, right, Blaine? Uh, Carolina? No, that was no, no. I don't know. Carolina. It's late. I am. It's nine twenty, Central. Okay. And final question <laughs> is, which wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs will lead the team in receiving yards this next year? Based off of the current room right now, right? MVS, Kadarius Tony. Is it going to be Justin or John Ross? Justin Ross has been putting up some 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 training film, guys. He's getting sir, after it on the fields. Sir, is it going to be Sky Moore? Sir Richie, Sir Richie, that's what I'm calling him. Sir Richie James is going to be. He's not going to lead. I'm just kidding. He's not going to lead the team reception. But I think he's going to have a great year. And my bold take, really, that I texted you guys was I really think we're going after one early. We got our eyes on a tall receiver, a big receiver that's going to impact us immediately. And I want it. I'm sorry. I know we have other holes to fill, but I want a first, second round receiver. And I think if the Chiefs do that, they've been eyeing it for two years. And that guy's going to have a hell of a year. Quentin Johnston, TCU. I don't know. But I, I'll answer. I'll answer Johnny's question by with roster players. Um, I hope like hell it's Kadarius Tony. So I'm gonna pick Kadarius. I love Kadarius. Um, yeah. What a guy! It's explosive, dynamic, can do all the things that McColl can do and more, and has a pelvis. He's just the right guy. Um, and I just pray that he stays healthy. So Kadarius Tony is my answer. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting at the wide receiver position. A lot still figure out. A lot of uncertainties there, um, but it should be fun. I'm going to put my money on uh, when, on DeAndre Hopkins when he signs for the Kansas City Chiefs after he gets released. <laughs> Chandler, that's, that's all I got. I absolutely love it, Johnny. Uh, boys, great episode. Good, uh, good football talk. Felt good to talk football with the boys again. AFC preview done. We'll be back sometime, I guess, within the next two weeks because the draft's coming up in Kansas City, as we've all mentioned here tonight. Awesome show. Blaine, Johnny, I appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you guys later, okay? See you. See you, Janet.